Chapter 13. The Expense Account Before going to sleep, David sent a text to Stephen and invited him for coffee on Monday morning. Maybe he knew Simon or Richard James. They decided on a different coffee shop this time. Simon had to see a client in Scottsdale that morning, and David had to be downtown for a hearing. So they settled on a place called Mountain Perk, located at the base of Camelback Mountain. The ride to Scottsdale from Gilbert wasn't fun. Traffic is bumper to bumper, and the rush hour starts around 6 in the morning. But the reward for making the trek are the views. You could even see the hikers laboring to climb the Choya, a mile-and-a-half trail that led to a peak 1,250 feet in the air. It takes about three hours to make the round-trip hike. David did the climb once, and it was exhausting. But the view of the Phoenix Valley was worth it. The trailhead was 45 minutes from his house, even on the weekends with no traffic. Typically, the motivation to get his work done, or spend what little time there was with his family, was more significant than his will to go hiking. People fall when hiking camelback. Every year, a few are killed from the impact. But the physical challenge and the fantastic weather made it irresistible for the masses. There were always long lines of cars looking for a place to park, and the hotels that were at the base of the mountain ran daily guided walks or partnered with tour companies that did. In the winter months, the temperature was perfect, and there was an endless stream of hikers going up and down the mountain from dawn until dusk and beyond. You could always avoid the crowds if you waited to climb the mountain from June to September when it was 110 degrees, but that was typically when Darwinism took over, and a few humans were lost to stupidity every year. The coffee shop was in the quaint hotel called the Royal Palms, tucked into the base of the mountain. In the winter, a basic room went for as high as $600 per night. That explained the Bentleys, Porsches, and even a Ferrari parked near the valet. David felt sheepish about pulling up in his four-year-old Honda Accord, but the valet didn't seem to notice. He found Stephen in the far corner, wearing the familiar outfit of a sport coat and V-neck sweater, staring down at the Wall Street Journal. "'Hey, brother,' David said as he startled Stephen from his focus. "'Hey, David,' Stephen said with a smile as he looked up from his paper. "'Nice place you chose here. I'm figuring breakfast will cost us thirty dollars apiece.' "'No worries. I got this. I can expense it, as I'm going to meet with a client here after we're finished,' Stephen said with a little more enthusiasm than David would have liked. "'Why does it feel like he's always rubbing his job in my face?' David thought to himself. "'How long do you have before your client shows up?' Oh, "'About forty-five minutes. What's up? You finally ready to give up the dream you're chasing and come work for the firm so you can have a normal life?' David had a curse word in his head that he wanted to say to Stephen, but he bit his tongue. No, actually just the opposite. I'm working on a plan to make my business work. That's why I wanted to have coffee. I wanted to know if you've ever heard of an attorney by the name of Simon Taylor. No, can't say that I have. Why? He's a criminal attorney who has an office in my building, and his business is running just the way I'd like mine to run. How about a consultant by the name of Richard James? Richard James. That name rings a bell, but I've never met him. Why are you going to hire a consultant? Won't that be expensive? David wasn't sure if he was feeling disappointed that Stephen didn't know Simon nor Richard, or happy that there was no bad news attached to their names, at least in Stephen's circles. Just then, the waitress came to take their order, 
She was bubbly and upbeat, wearing jeans and flip-flops with a top that made David think of the 60s or early 70s. She was tan and athletic-looking, with medium-length brunette hair, long legs, and a chest that filled out her top just enough to make the top she was wearing look as if it were too small. She was pretty, and she reminded David of Jen when they first met, but it was Jen's eyes that won David's heart. Good morning, gentlemen. My name is Amber. I'll be your server today. The chef's special is an egg white omelet with spinach, wild-caught salmon, and feta cheese. What can I get started for you? Good morning, Amber. I'm going to be here for some time as I have two meetings today at this table. I'll only have coffee for now, and then I'll eat when my next guest arrives, Stephen said as he turned to David to hear his order. I'll have the chef's special, Amber, and a coffee, please, David said with a smile. All right, you two, now don't go getting into trouble while I'm gone, Amber said in a playful, flirtatious manner. David thought to himself that Amber must do very well with tips. He looked over at Stephen and caught him watching Amber's athletic rear end walk away. He let it pass and thought to himself, Man, we're all hardwired the same way. Stephen picked up from where he'd left off. Again, David, how will you afford a consultant right now? I can't, but it appears I'm going to be on the receiving end of a gift. Okay, I'll bite. Who's giving you a gift? Richard James did. Why would Richard James offer you a gift out of the blue? Did you know him before he made this offer? No, but the first attorney I asked you about, Simon Taylor, he and I have been spending some time together. Apparently, Richard owes him a favor, and Simon decided to make me the beneficiary. And why does Simon think you're so special? He lost his son several years ago to a car accident, and apparently I look just like him. Wait. Let me get this straight. An attorney you met not long ago decides to cash in a favor chip for you because you look like his dead son. Do you hear yourself talking? Yeah, when you put it like that, it does sound a little far-fetched. But Richard confirmed that the reason this plan was offered had everything to do with my opportunity and what they believe my abilities are, and the resemblance to Simon's son was simply a trigger. Just then, Amber swooped in to deliver the coffee and two glasses of water. Here you go, boys. I brought you some water. I figured you must be thirsty with all that talking you're doing, she said as she delivered the drinks. Thank you, Amber. That was nice of you, said Stephen. David rolled his eyes as Stephen was overly friendly to Amber. Your chef special will be out in a minute, hon. Thank you, Amber, David said. Look, Stephen, as I listen to myself tell the story, it sounds a little suspect to me, too. David paused for a moment to collect his thoughts. From what I understand, this isn't normally how things are done. Simon thought I could be a good fit, and Richard owes him a favor, and I'm the lucky beneficiary. When things sound too good to be true, they usually are, David interrupted. Yeah, they usually are, Stephen said matter-of-factly. But I can't see the loophole in this deal. Meeting with Richard is going to be done of my own free will. He said we'd take it week by week, and if at any time either of us believes it's not going to work, we can shake hands and walk away. What do I have to lose? You can't seriously believe he's doing this without personal gain. No, on the contrary, I know he's doing this exactly for personal gain. He told me so. All right, so what's his master plan? He's going to work with me to improve my business. If it works, and I create a more profitable firm that gets me free to be home with Jen and the kids, I'd be a fool not to join his program. So he'll get a new client out of the deal. And if it doesn't work, Stephen retorted, well, my pessimistic brother-in-law, that's why I'm here. I can't see the downside, but I thought maybe you could. Would you have to sign a contract? 
No, he specifically mentioned that he would not present a contract. Will you have to offer payment or give him a credit card? No. Do you have to guarantee him that you'll join his program if this works? How could he do that without a contract? Okay, but how much extra work will this entail? You're already working too much. How can you handle more? I don't know. But what I do know is Richard said we'd take this week by week. He recognized that either I may decide to change my mind or he may decide that he made a bad decision. In either case, we can stop at any time. Is it possible this is a scam of some sort? Anything is possible. I doubt Richard is a professional con man. I haven't done much research on him except to read his book, but I'll be sure to look him up today. He wrote a book, Stephen said, with enthusiasm in his voice. Yeah, it's a short read, but I'd swear he was sleeping under my bed at night listening to Jen's and my conversations about my life. He appears to know the struggles of a small law firm. Still, the fact that he wrote a book says something about him. He's written three books. Really? Amber came by to drop off David's omelet and top off both men's coffees and was gone in a flash because the restaurant was packed. David took his first bite and realized that this was no ordinary breakfast place. The omelet was terrific. The salmon tasted like it had been caught that morning, and considering that they were in the desert, that was quite an accomplishment, and the coffee was the best he'd ever had. It's good, right? Stephen said with a smile. It's amazing. I had no idea you could get salmon that tasted this good in the valley. You get what you pay for, Stephen said, like a song that he had sung before. The other thing is, Simon's an attorney, and one with a good reputation. I can't imagine he'd support someone who he believed could harm another attorney. It's against our oath. Right, like there have never been attorneys who broke their oath before, Stephen said as he furrowed his brow. Okay, but what would Simon gain from it? Maybe he hopes you'll close your doors and create more business for him. We're not even in the same practice area, and I seem to be doing a good job of screwing up my firm all on my own. He'd be better off leaving me be. Good point, Stephen said with a big smile on his face. Thanks a lot, brother, David said with a mouthful of an omelet. I'm just busting your chops. But there's an easier path. You know that. Not going to happen. Don't you want to go home before six every night and not have to work weekends? I like my expense account and my path to partner. You could have that too, Stephen said as he gestured around the grand restaurant. Yeah, well, I like the sound of the nights and weekends off, but I can't imagine working for another firm. I mean no disrespect for what you've chosen to do, but I want to build something of my own. None taken, but I'll never stop trying to recruit you. You'd be good for our firm. It's a free country. You know, it's not an option for me, expense account or not. After a beat of silence, Stephen said, It sounds like you have nothing to lose with this Richard James fellow, but watch your back. And don't give him access to your credit cards or your cash.